0: To spend time to hear God. Yesterday was, they kept threatening so many storms were gonna come, and all we got was when the clouds came over, the water just dropped, and I was just outside and I said, wow. And just calmed my soul. And the greatest thing we have without God is through Christ we can hear Him. He speaks to us today, and He speaks to everyone in His church. When you look at Ephesians, we've been going through the book of Ephesians, it's an inside letter to the church. And a lot of times we get caught up um, in church life and coming to service and hearing three songs and hearing me either give a leadership thing or uh, something what God has showed me. And we kind of forget that we all are the church and that you also hear God also. And what we're going to talk about today, the last two weeks in Ephesians chapter one, we talked about being in Christ personally. Chapter two, we talked about being in family. But chapter three really gets me excited because it talks about the church once you gather the family, what are, we, what are we supposed to do? And it shows when we, when we go through this that it's more than two, three songs in a sermon. And it's about us coming together, hearing God together, and doing something fantastic in the world, in our workplace, in our community. This gets me excited because it gets me, better, it gets me on a higher plane about what I think the church is. Because everyone has a definition of church. And Paul, when he gets into chapter 3, gives you the true definition of what the church is, is about. And that's what I like about it. And these words that you heard today, at the end of the service, I'm going to have a couple people share them. Because you receive something from God, which you hear me say today, that might not be just for you. It might be for someone else. As we're talking about Paul saying he's a steward. of of God's grace. Whatever we receive from God, we're responsible to either help someone else out with it. It might affect our lives, but we're responsible now to give out to someone else. So when you get into chapter three, it talks about the church and Paul and how he is coming together on his last part of the theological portion of it. Then from first, from chapter four to six, about the practicality of walking this thing out. But this one here, he talks about the church because I got to say this to everybody. We're bigger than we think. We have more, we've been designed to do more things than we ever thought about as a church. And God is setting it up divinely in the world today for us to shine and do great things. It really is. Where everything seems to be coming unglued, the only thing that has permanent glue and a permanent anchor is Christ Jesus and his church. And when you look at the church, we are the expression of Christ, the hands and the feet. When I hear about these stories, well, the church has failed. It cannot fail because the head has never failed at anything. So as long as the head's okay, the legs are gonna, and the arms are going to be okay. Now, the arms might need some more workout, but it's not going to die. That's what I like about it. So let's start in, in chapter 3, verse, verse 1. It's a long scripture, 1 through 13, but I'm going to break it up so you get to understand it a little better. Okay, it says this. For this reason, I am Paul, a prisoner for who? Christ. On behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard the stewardship of God's grace, that was given to me for who? How the mystery, everyone said mystery, mystery, was made known to me by revelation. Everyone said revelation? revelation. As I have written briefly. This is Paul starting off saying he's a prisoner for Christ. <laughs> He's not blaming Christ. He's saying it's for your benefit that I'm a prisoner. So he's telling to the writers, I'm a prisoner for your benefit. Because as, as I'm a prisoner, I'm going to show forth God's grace and peace to a dying world that was around them in Ephesus. To show them how good my God is. Because how many know if you can sit in prison those many years, come and go as you want to, and write letters and change the world? What, a, what It's not an even a federal prison. This was a, 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 prison, a Roman prison. But we see that it says he's a steward of God's grace. How many believe you're a steward of God's grace? How many receive something today from God? What you receive, as we're stewards of God's grace, what we have received, we extend out to other people. We're all stewards. When God speaks to us each and individually, we all put this, this thing together. and It's amazing. And he's talking about this. When he goes in there, he says, because when we look at this word grace, a lot of people get caught up about on favor, on yielding favor. God loves me, and that's cool. But really, this word grace means responsibility. It means being responsible for what you receive. We receive equipment. We always, grace always brings responsibility, is not a privilege. I'll give you an example. Some of our children graduating. When you walk across the stage, you're going to start telling mom and dad, hey, I graduated. I could stay out, lay as I want to. <laughs> they gonna say, "Okay, go ahead." And by the way, while you're out, get a job. <laughs> because now you're a grown person now, so you want more responsibility. Here it is. When I was growing up, it was called paying rent. Teach you how to pay rent, so you pay rent to your parents. Y'all need to be writing this down. <laughs> <laughs> They receive more, responsible for more. As my coaches, you receive the play, now you're responsible to execute it. So they receive more, you grow more. The mystery talks about here. In the Greek means mysterion. The truth hidden from human knowledge, understanding, but it's only revealed by God himself. What you received this morning, just sitting here listening to God, you couldn't have got it trying to walk down the street and not even spending time with him. What you received was revealed by the Holy Spirit to you. Give an example. Give you a couple examples. Who received one word today? Okay. I'm going to pick on a couple people. LT, what did you hear? Give me one word patience. Who else had patience? How many? Raise your hand. How do you know that? Are you a mind reader? No. Someone give me another word. Peace. (laughs) Everyone's going to raise their hand. How many people had that word, peace? When God speaks, when he reveals, he does it in multiples. That word that you received today might help someone today or tomorrow. Helps you first, but we're responsible. Don't hold it in. Don't hold it in. Release it. Don't say, that doesn't make any sense. It'll make sense to the hearer because patience is one word I definitely needed and peace is definitely what I needed. So y'all just bless me with those two words. Those are the two words I sat down and listened to the rain come down yesterday. See? You all hear, We all hear from God, someone in his church. So it's like a mystery, but he's wanting to reveal something very quickly. God's revealing it through his, through his spirit. Let's look at verse 4. Paul's still talking. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations that has been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets, by who? The Holy Spirit. The mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. What that message is now that as non-Jews, we have the same promises and we have the same inheritance as Jews as that church was coming together. We have the same inheritance. There's no separation like we talked about two weeks ago. It's not you, not him, and there's God. It's all of us together, his church. Make sense? Of the gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace. Now he went from a prisoner to a minister, which minister means servant, which was given by the working of whose power? Whose power? Isn't that a blessing? That is not about your intellect. It's about God's power. To me, though I'm the least of all the saints, his, that grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable, infinite riches of Christ, which means it's limit. You cannot. When God gives, you can't. He never runs out. He never runs out of his riches and his blessings. It, you, can't, you can't even count them. It's like when he told Abraham, "Go out and count this. Count the sand." That's how deep your inherit. How do you count sand? <laughs> it means it's impossible. You can't go that deep. Now, go count the stars. How do you count the stars? That's how much your inheritance, that's how much your offspring will be. Unlimited. When we're walking with God as this church, come on, guys. It's unlimited. It's not limited to anything except my own intellect. I got to get through this. And bring to light for everyone... What is the plan of the mystery hidden in the ages of God, in God, who created all things, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places? This is according to the eternal purposes, purpose that was realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. The very first thing I want you to write down is the Holy Spirit is the agent of revelation. Talking about revelation, talking about the mystery, revealing the mystery. Now, the mystery that you see, he looks at one thing. I wrote down two words. Paul received the revelation, which led him to the commission of that revelation. What he received, he went on mission. He was commissioned to share the mystery, and the mystery is Christ, to the Gentiles and to the Jews. Now, what do you know about the apostle Paul? He tried to share it with the Jews. He was a pure Jew. They rejected him. He said, I'm going to take it to the Gentiles and non-Jews. And why we're here is because of Paul. But it only been revealed through the Holy Spirit. Everything that we want to hear from God is only going to be revealed through the Holy Spirit, which God kept it from the Old Testament. Now they heard about Jesus. If you looked at the Old Testament, it says is the, New, is the Old Testament is the, is the um, what do you call it? Is Christ concealed? But the New Testament is Christ revealed. If you look at the types and the, the pictures of the Old Testament, the temple it represents Jesus Christ in a lot of ways. But now his church today can hear Christ directly, hear God directly through his son. Make sense? So the mystery refers to the revelation that all things will be brought together in Christ, which we talked about two weeks ago. All of us are brought together in Christ. Wherever Jesus is, he'll bring all different folks together and bring it together for his glory. That's amazing. All comes together. For us. And this word grace, it connects us, enlists us, and empowers us because it was never meant to be passive. You ever work for a boss that wouldn't tell you anything? They thought knowledge was power. You ever work for someone like that? They wouldn't tell you the whole thing because they're afraid you might outshine them. That's not meant to be in the kingdom. Whatever we receive, we want to give to other people. What the Jews were doing, they received it, they kept it to themselves. That keeps us from feeling like we're all that, because when, when he says, I'm the least of all, because he, mur- he was in charge of murder and, and uh, persecuting the church, Paul always recognized his status in Christ. His humility was amazing. When God changed his name from Saul to Paul, Paul means in the Greek, little, little. Want to make sure Paul stays little and Christ stays big. And when we get into verse 10, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. He's saying the church will display God's multicolored, multifaceted, Wisdom here on Earth. Think about it. I love diamonds. My wife loves them more. I like when I give her diamonds, I'm a good person then. When you look at diamonds and you turn it and all the different facets of it and all the different colors, that's what God's church looks like, should look like to the world. Regardless, because you, when you look at diamonds, you say, "Oh, it has flaws in it." Yeah, but you can't see it. Because it's covered by Jesus. So we talked about we're talking about well, this is fantastic. We talking about diversity. No, this is the way God wanted to build this church to confound the world and said this is the only place you can come without rules, without a law, and we're held together by love. All different places, all talk different. I still have to love the San Antonio Spurs even though I'm from New York. It's okay, but we can walk together, and we can rank on each other. And when we come together, it's something fantastic. And this was God's plan from the very beginning to bring, they said, and he says, who am I going to reveal to the rulers in the heavenly places and authorities? Talking about the angels and the demons who saying we the demons said we killed Christ. It's over. No, 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 no. It just started. I died and opened up a new door for everyone to come together. Hook or crook, my church will exist and it will continue to expand. That's amazing stuff. It's when we're the church, the manifold wisdom of God. We're more than just churchgoers. We are the church. That's what it's about. Don't look at yourself. One, just go. No, it has nothing to do with the size. Talk about the power in each and every one of us coming together and shining brightly for the world. It doesn't matter about your flaws. Doesn't matter if you said something wrong yesterday. Doesn't matter what you had a bad thought. You're still by covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, and when you remember that, you walk at a different level. That's why we believe to change our community because it's in the Word of God that we're to reflect Christ in our community. What color is he? I have no idea. How old is he? I have no idea. I just want to hear, who are those people? Who are those people? And this is cutting edge because now first the 21st century. They said the 21st century church is supposed to look like us. We finally got in Ephesians 3. Some new program. No, it's in the Bible over thousands of years. ago. This is what God wanted, to put us all together from all walks of life, from economic, social status, and do something fantastic. You're better than you think. I don't define myself. As me, I define myself in Christ. It's amazing. And when you read this, you just shout, here the church. When you go with a group of friends to the restaurant, and you will, And you sit there, and the food's cold. And the waitress has an attitude, or the waiter. Our job is to make them feel important. Because you know what? They tell me, they already know what church people look like. How do they know what church people look like? We dress any way we want to. They they say that we can tell as a church person. did they have church on their head Say I'm a church person? No. It's what's coming out of you on your worst day. Paul was in prison. You wouldn't have known it. Paul was going through horrific stuff. You'd never known it because what was inside of him was shining. And that's what we do. Multicolored, multifaceted. And the secret is this: Colossians 1, 26 and 27. I shout every time I do this, the mystery hidden for ages in the generations, but now revealed to who. Saints, that's us. Thank you. To them chose to make known how great among the Gentiles the riches of his glory of this mystery, which is in Christ, where? Where's Christ? Where's Christ? The hope of what? You're the hope. Jesus is the hope of the world. We're extension of his his kingdom. We're extension of Christ. We're the hope of the world. When people see you, they're going to say, why are you so seem like you have this all together? Because Christ in me. In my worst day, Christ is not leaving me. That's what keeps us strong. It's more than just coming doing this. It's really who's inside of you, outside these doors. You know, pressure on the outside pushes hard lately. But the one thing I learned, you've your pressure on the inside is greater than the pressure on the outside. It will not crush you. And the pressure inside of me is Christ and knowing Christ and being convinced that he's in me and I am all things that happen. He has his hands on and he has control of. Let's get down to verse 12, which I really wanted to get to because I have one point message today in whom we have boldness and access. That word access means freedom with confidence throughout faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory, which he's actually saying in Romans 8:18 8, 18 says but I consider the sufferings at this present time not worth comparing to the glory that we reveal in us whenever i'm going through something i don't know about you when i'm going through something i know i respond the way i should respond every day i'm closer to god and he's revealing stuff to me and in such an amazing way that i would never know if i'm just walking plainly but the glory that we walk in suffering is temporary glory is forever That's what I like about it. See, it doesn't matter any circumstance you're going to, as long as you know God's with you. Now, the confidence, that word faith, back up to 12. If you can, can you go back up? Thank you, sir. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in Him, it's not my faith that I have faith in. That word, when you translate it into the Greek, means his faithfulness. So I have faith in his faithfulness. And I, my, my faith is as strong as His. the object I put it in. And last time I checked, has God ever let anybody down? Has, any, has he ever failed? Has he ever lost a fight? Has Jesus, last thing I checked, Got beaten, killed, dead, rose up, raised up with the father now. You got to put faith in a guy like that. But his faith, God is faithful. We sing it all the time, God is faithful. But I put my faith in Christ's faithfulness because he will not let it go. He won't say psych. You know, when the peanuts, when, um, what's the name, Lucy's holding the football and Charlie Brown, I hate the guy named Charlie Brown, She's Charlie Black or something. Anyway, you run down and he, oops, and she says psych. not psych. It's faithful. He's faithful. So that gives me one point. I live in mission because it's not me. It's the Holy Spirit in me. And I live. I live on mission. I live in confidence because I'm free to go to God anytime I want to. Doesn't mean that I don't, there's there's responsibility, but I can live on mission by what I receive from Christ to share with other people like you just shared with me this morning. And I can live with confidence that I can go to him anytime I have a problem. So Paul's saying, this is the church. We live on mission. We're always looking. Now, the reason why we miss opportunity because it looks like work. And it's always inconvenient. You ever notice when God wants to do something through you, you don't feel like it? That is by design. So you won't take credit for it. I preached a great message. You didn't do anything. Christ did it, Holy Spirit moved. But it's always inconvenient when you're tired and you had your roughest day, and you got this, and you got that, and someone shows up and says, hey, can you come over? (laughs) I'm being real. Okay, God, because it's going to be you, because the way I feel, they can wait two weeks. (laughs) Y'all laughing at me. Y'all all all been there. When that phone rings, oh, yeah, click, yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Now they got texting, so you got to answer the text but that's what it's about. Always looks like work. But, you know, it doesn't matter. When I live on mission and in confidence, what Paul was saying, as the church, the entity of him, the expansion of Christ, I'm bigger than I think. I'm more equipped than I can imagine. Because it's through the Holy Spirit. We're stewards of his glory. And those say hi, hi. I know some people had a tough week. Talked to a lot of people this week. They had a bomb drop out in their lives. There's a scripture I always turn to. this is another one I was sitting there. There's one thing that keeps me in check and keeps me on point. It's a four-letter word. Love. Paul wrote something in Romans 8 that is just truly amazing. Because whenever you're being feel like you're being crushed or just tri- everything's hitting on you, forget. You're saying, God, where were you? Aren't you here with me? And we forget that he's right there. Or I've done something to discredit myself from God. No, you didn't. It says this in Romans 8, 35 and 39. He asks a series of questions. So who should separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As written, For your sake, I'm being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. This is my favorite word. Whenever I hear all these things I shouldn't be hearing, I have to say, I have to yell out sometime. you ought to hear me in the office. No. No. I'm Christ's. I'm his and he's mine. And all these things are more than a what? That means I don't have to work hard. He's taking care of it. Through him who what? Not like me, loves us. For I am sure, I am sure. Because here it is confidence comes from conviction. I am truly convicted and I am truly sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers or things present or things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all what? That leaves everything. We'll be able we'll be able to separate us from the love of God. In who? Christ. There's in Christ again. In Christ again. In Christ again. This is the church. That's the church. That's the church. When we are sure we're convicted of that, it's more than just numbers. It's about Christ in us, the hope and glory. And they're screaming out, I, I hear it in the streets all the time Help me. Help us. Help us. Help us because we're so help- we're helpless and harassed on our jobs. We don't know what to do in our workplaces. And he says, I want someone to give me the good news. And we say, I'm not qualified, but that last time I checked, as long as the Holy Spirit in God in you, Christ in you, you are the hope that they've been waiting for in their job, on their campus, everywhere in the world. We are the hope of the world. And it gets me going on because I love, the, you know, I love the Avenger movie I love Superman. And you put yourself in that spot. Hey, I want to be like Superman. You are Superman. You're the greatest thing on the planet. You're the biggest thing in the world right now. It's the church, not the Congress, not the president. It's the church. That's why I get excited about this thing. Because it's more than songs. It's more than gatherings. It's about being effective and changing the world outside of us. And it's so easy to do. Give them a glass of water. Give them a word. Give them yourself. In fact, give them your smile. Give them your love. Say, help me to love people through you. Let's all stand. Let's celebrate, God, that we're more than conquerors. Shake off all, all, all the confusion. Shake off all the tribulation. Shake off all the depression. Let's celebrate God today. Let's celebrate Christ this morning. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus, God. Your word says that we all live on mission and we're in confidence and we know that we're more than conquerors in you. And Father, the tears I cry are tears of joy. Not tears of shame, not tears of pain, but tears of joy because we know how fantastic you truly are. Ask right now, Father, that you move Miley, do our time of uh, 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 praise and worship, in Jesus' name, amen and amen.